Alrighty, so before we get too far ahead of ourselves in the conversation, uh, congratulations on the fourth and, I guess, final season of Harvey Girls Forever. Uh, what's that feel like to kind of be done with uh, this series that has consumed the last few years of your lives? <laughs> um, um, yeah. oh, well, I was just going to say, it just feels it feels so good, and it feels really satisfying. Just um, getting a sense of the reception so far, it just, yeah. it, it just feels so good to see fans so happy with how we ended the show, getting a chance to see Casper, you know, these fun little surprises that we had in store, but just that um, that they could walk away from the series feeling really good about how it all wrapped up and that, you know, we were one fan that was really concerned if the girls were going to be friends forever and was happy <laughs> to find out that they would be. Um, but I, I feel really... Just really proud of, of our work, but also just very just pleased that, that the fans seem to be happy with it, too. Yeah, I totally uh, echoing all of that. Um, I, I, it's always, you know, at the end of anything that you love working on, it, there's a bittersweet quality to it, because obviously there's a part of you that wanted to just keep working with this crew and telling stories with these characters forever. The flip side of it is, I really am proud of how we ended the series, and I'm glad that's being received well, I mean, or that's just out with people now, even in general, because one of the hardest parts of animation is you work on something so far in advance of when the public gets to see it. So we've been living with knowing, like, this is how it's going to wrap up for, like, a year and a half. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's wanting people to get to experience that and enjoy it and check it out and, you know, all that kind of thing. And now, not even just the finale, but all of these episodes, like, finally, you get to kind of talk about the thing you worked on and loved working on uh, with the world that part's always cool yeah and i'm glad you brought that up too because i was kind of curious was this you know was the four seasons 12 or 13 episodes per season was that always the plan from the beginning or did you have loftier goals in mind or kind of what are the nuts and bolts of how that discussion went probably multiple years ago now <laughs> yeah no it was uh several years ago um it's always something that's kind of slightly outside of our <laughs> above our pay grade really right. is how those decisions get made um but the one nice thing in dreamworks is they always give you at least a season's heads up of when you're gonna wrap so it was at that point of like kind of episode wise like the end of season three beginning of season four it was that like hey this is going to be the we're not going to come back for another one beyond that so they give you plenty of time to wrap it up and also for us it was like plenty of time to kind of do every idea that we had still left on the table that we knew we wanted to get to so you're not stuck in that position of like, oh, no, we're out of time. We never got to do the Casper episode or we never got to do um, a Hornicorn theme park, like that kind of thing. Like we had we had time to hit every idea that was on our list kind of thing. So that was great. Um, and, I mean, the only thing, I, yeah, there was no – we kind of knew also just that that tends to be the lifespan of most DreamWorks shows, um, unless there are exceptions. But, it, you know, on average, this is the lifespan. So we kind of expected that going in. Uh, we did try to throw in our little hope of like, hey, if people really love our Casper episode or people really love our Richie Treasure Hunter episode, we'd be totally happy to do a spin-off of those. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's about it. <laughs> Otherwise, we kind of knew it was the end. Also, you, you both mentioned getting the chance to actually work in the things that you wanted to do in season four and having that heads up because obviously it's pretty difficult to just turn animation around immediately. These things take a while to do. So was there anything in season four that you either didn't have the time or budget for or just weren't able to work in? Anything that was uh, left off that you would have liked to have seen? Um, um, I personally think it would be fun to do more episodes with Casper sure. in it. That was an yeah. introduction that we we really, really, really wanted to 
get to bring Casper in to the show, and it was something that ended up working out, you know, for the final season. But I think that it's just such a fun episode, and I, I love our version of Casper, um, and especially how he plays against the rest of the cast. But I think it would have been really fun to do more um, episodes with him. Yeah, that and the one other one, um, we almost did a Wendy the Witch episode. Oh, cool. Um, I almost I would have said that, loved... and I didn't know if I could. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea if I can either, but I'm just going to go for it. But, um, um, we, yeah, basically, we came really close to doing a Wendy the Witch episode. It's external factors beyond everybody's of why it didn't end up happening, but uh, our story editor, Mike Yank, wrote up a really good uh, premise for what that episode would have been. It, would have been, it was a super fun idea, and um, yeah, that and kind of coupled off of that or more cast episodes, we also had some other, I think, increasingly crazy ideas for the bow hmm. that could have okay. dug out some of those. I think that's about the only stuff that really got left on the table. Can both of you, now that the the show's kind of wrapped up and over, can you confirm that the bow has like a specific <laughs> origin story? Because every it seems like every time she pops up and says like, by the way, I'm this or that, or I come from this place or that place, it's always different, which I love. Do you have like a headcanon in mind of what, what's yeah. up with the bow? I absolutely have a headcanon in mind. I'm not sure I want to <laughs> what it is. Um, there's one one thing that is said in, I think it's still me. I'm trying to remember. It definitely would have been in the Wendy episode that never got made. Mm. And I think, the, I think there's a line that still hints at what it would have been in the cast rep so I think the one sentence is in there somewhere so I'm just going to give the hint to anybody whatever it, the bow claims to be in the Casper episode I think is what my own headcanon is that's the one How where, about you? yeah that's the one where she says I may be a, a black cat that belonged to a witch who was turned into a familiar and then the, the camera just kind of like lingers on her and that's it <laughs> yep that's my headcanon okay there cool yep. perfect <laughs> love it that's the bow <laughs> So you guys also mentioned, uh, you mentioned some of the standout episodes and moments uh, from this series as well. I was only going to talk about Casper. We didn't get much of a chance to talk about the character last time. So what was the process like for you to find this version of Casper? We talked about how you found your version of Richie Rich, which worked incredibly well. So how did you go about finding your version of Casper? Similarly to our Richie, part of the thing that we wanted to get to is how does it feel, how can this character connect to our characters, like in the sense of, what would they add personality-wise? What's something they can explore that we haven't explored before? Or what's kind of the human relatable element to the character? Because especially with Casper, there's that sense of like, well, he is otherworldly in a way that like all of our shit characters, with the exception of maybe the bow, are fairly, they're still kids in the end. And Casper is a little different than that. So the writer's room and I and Aliki did our deep dive on Casper, going back through the kind of different permutations of him all throughout the years. And one of the things we got to was like, okay, we really like the version where he's a child ghost, that he's always been a ghost, like he was never formally human, because that's kind of went back and forth in different versions of him through the years. But if it was that he had always been a ghost and started playing into like, well, ghosts are supposed to be scary, but he's, you know, he's the, the friendly ghost. So it is the idea like he's afraid of being himself, basically. He's afraid of being a ghost. And that kind of got to a kid place that felt very much in line with our characters. So once we kind of found that very human element of self-doubt or not being comfortable with who you're supposed to be and then figuring out how to be who you want to be, that started to feel like, okay, this is a version of this character that could totally slide in alongside our own. And even if there is this, you know, otherworldly element, it wouldn't feel too jarring. 
And I have to say too, I absolutely love the uh, the design of Harvey Boulevard. I love that you kind of introduced this sort of like little pocket side universe that existed. I wanted to see more of that, definitely. Uh, and I love that you you had some Easter eggs in there, like the three uncles uh, that kind of float across the screen and spooky. So I, yeah, yeah. Would you guys like to see? Would you like to spend more time in that world if there were in the future a possible spinoff? I absolutely would. I think it would be a really really fun spinoff. Yeah. Joe. I, I, yeah. Friends at DreamWorks. Yeah, <laughs> I I would absolutely love to. And I just wanted to call out, um, we had a kind of guest art director on that episode. Uh, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, here, go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the fun thing about that episode is we had one of our um, designers was really just showing just so much talent, but also interest in um, just having a hand at trying to art direct an episode. And um, so we gave him, Peter Emmerich, our art director, uh, and, and all of us, we decided to give him the opportunity to art direct this episode. And so he really brought this kind of great um, point of view in with taking the style and the work that um, we had already done on the show, but bringing it into this alternative universe and bringing the whole Casper idea in. And he did such a good job, I have to say that um, mm-hmm. the studio has now made him an art director on a new show here. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, yeah, all of that, and then he also, I know, is one of the ones, because there's a bunch of those cameos, like a few things, like the Hot Stuff gag was written into the script, but the Ghostly Trio, Dumbo the Giant, um, all that other stuff really came out of both him and um, our episodic director, Adam Rosette. Uh, yeah, Matt Dor- uh, yeah, Matt Doring and Adam Rosette really kind of found other ways to incorporate more and more uh, classic Casper and just kind of the supernatural side of Harvey into it. Cool, and I love I love watching uh, Baby Huey just pop up at random too. That was always that's always. <laughs> I had to do a double take. Yeah, became, uh, increasing, yeah, for everybody on the crew, it's I feel like Baby Huey, the goat, and Blaze Trickle. Anytime yeah. they came in, it was usually just. Became kind of crew favorites to just find more and more ways to work in. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up too, because I wanted to give you guys a chance to to maybe highlight or call out again any specific uh, moments or achievements from this particular season that you were proud of. You already mentioned the Casper stuff. I also particularly like the Hanukkah episode and the, obviously oh, nice. the, the big musical send off at the end. But is there anything you want to specifically <laughs> yeah. highlight from season four? Um, well, I just there are a couple things, and it's funny because it's from the beginning to the to the end of the season, but. I really love how at the start of the season, Richie has that kind of breakdown where we got to like explore him, like having his feelings basically and, Mm -hmm. and where he went from there of, you know, and his continued exploration of like just getting to be a kid in the block. And then, um, because I always love emotional storytelling and then I just love how, how it all wrapped up at the end with this big, huge send off with really getting to see what these friendships are all about and what matters and and how the girls care for one another, how the friends care for one another. And then especially that we got to, at the very, very end, have a chance to see these parents that, yeah, you right. know, were, uh, are the way we represented the parents of the girls was really um, special to me, too, and I'm glad that we got to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah, all of that. I also, uh, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot I really love in this season. The Hanukkah episode, um, yeah, really just want to call it that was a passion project of, um, one of our writers, Sarah Nervoso. Um, and yeah, just, it was basically 
I kind of like as the story is in the episode of her very rightfully pointing out that there's, you know, tons upon tons of Christmas episodes in a very small canon of Hanukkah ones. So wanting to use this chance to create one. So I was really glad that we did and really happy with how that turned out. Um, I also really love our other Fredo episode from this season um, uh, and kind of a nice, nice tale of about, you know, how representation matters. But then also what I kind of love about our show in general, there's a very sweet moral about how representation matters and him making his next movie. The episode also features one of my favorite running gags of the entire series, which is just Audrey and the cannon and wanting her just waiting for her cue with the cannon the entire time, which it's just ridiculous, but a joke I just happen to love. Um, and then, yeah, for other things from this season that I really dug, there's a few voice actors who I, I always wanted to work with Judy Greer and was super excited to have her in for the Horn of Horn episode. And got to work with um, Jackson Public once a long time ago uh, on something that never aired, but getting to bring him in as one of our pirates, um, that was a blast also because I'm such a fan of Venture Brothers. So, you know, just getting a chance to work with some people that I've always wanted to was great. It was also fun to do some, like, with, like, yeah, we got to do so many kind of different things too, like with, um, yeah. the Caper of Doom, you know, getting to kind of get this adventure vibe going with, with the characters. So getting to kind of push and try different things now that we had set up this world and these characters, you know, getting to kind of take them to the next level was really fun. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, before I run out of time with you guys, is there anything over the course of the, you know, the few years that you've been involved with Harvey Girls, is there anything you wish you can go back to your earlier selves and tell them like one word of advice, something that you know now that you wish that you knew then? Mm, um, you know what? It's interesting. So <laughs> this is something I told people when, when making Harvey. Every other show I've ever been on, there's at least one episode, in, in one or two cases, more episodes, but at least one episode that I'm like, man, I wish I could just pull that from ever being shown. And like, <laughs> it's just an episode I'm so unhappy with, I just wish never to be seen again. I don't have that on Harvey. Mm. Harvey's the only project I've ever had where I'm like, you know, I actually kind of love all of these. Like, there's certain episodes that are, I think, better than others, but like, I really, I'm actually very proud of all of it. So I don't really have too much that I'd go back and tell my younger self, except for maybe space out your musical numbers uh, more throughout the course of the series so you have enough left in the budget right. for season four. <laughs> um, and um, don't the only episode, and I still love the episode because one of my favorite Audrey performances, but uh, the Cuddle Eaters episode from season two, hmm. um, I would just tell my past self, hey, you're going to have this idea. There's going to be some really funny bits. Just don't do it because the Cuddle Eaters themselves became such a problematic production nightmare. <laughs> It's funny, so, Brenda uh, brought up the one I was going to bring up about the funny. cuddle eater. <laughs> because I think what what it is, is I, I think I'm just thinking about like looking back and I really don't, I, I just tend to, I tend to just kind of allow myself to grow as I go so that I don't end up with regrets. I don't know if that makes sense. I sort of have that mm-hmm. that philosophy in all areas of life, not not just in my work life, but, you know, to be conscious and grow as you go. So. Hopefully, you know, I, I, I feel like I maintain that philosophy through the show. But one one thing that was just kind of interesting that Brenda brings up the Cuddle Eaters, that was an episode where while we were working on it, we just had so many problems. It was tough to animate. There were just so many issues with it that we kept feeling like, oh, my God, this episode is going to fall apart. We're going to have so many problems. Is there any way we can pull it? And And we ended up getting to be surprised. Because at the end of the day, and it was just, that, that was kind of a lesson too, it was just at the end of the day, like all the, the pain and strife is sort of unnecessary because everybody comes together and does their job yeah. and things do work out. Like, like 
you know, maybe that they're looking back and it's just that, you know, just know that when, when you trust yourself and you've brought on really great people and brought on really great support that these moments that seem like, oh my gosh, this is all going to kind of fall apart. Everything's going to be okay because yeah. you have such a great support system in place. And it ended up being a really sweet, great episode that a lot of people like. So we're like, oh, exactly. Okay, there you go. Yeah, no, it really is a testament to, at least you put it perfectly, it's a testament to our crew. Because, like, not just that episode, but any time we thought we might be in the weeds um, or anything like that, it really did just come back to whether it was, like, the writer's room or the board artists or the design team or our post-production team. Like, everybody involved at some point during the life of the show kind of saved the day on an episode. Right. So I think if anything, right. you can tell, tell our younger selves, it would just be the trust in this crew. And then I guess piggybacking off of that, did you have any anxiety going into the massive kind of musical number send off or was that kind of like, you're like, we've, we've done okay so far. I think we can handle this. Um, I had no anxiety. Um, I, I feel like our composers made Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that was probably a, we heard a lot about it. It was just a big, it, it was a big ask of them and yeah. they Loved it. They loved the challenge. It was like a, a, a juicy project for them, but definitely it was a lot to take on for them, clearly. And then, you know, for our board teams to then go and create these fantastic, you know, storyboards and images that can be used for animation out of this wonderful song. Yeah. I think the only people that sequence, again, I think, I think Aliki and I kind of were thankfully in the easiest part of that. It was more as it felt everybody else and everybody really did bring it in the end. I think the people it actually might have driven the most nuts is our overseas partner studios. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like the the big end of that musical number with like almost every recurring character, <laughs> regular and recurring character we ever had right. on screen. Yeah, I feel like they're the ones who, if their one question, if they got to do the show over, would probably be to say no to that final shot. But otherwise... Um, yeah, otherwise everybody really did bring their A game and made it happen. It was great. I mean, the the musical number, the visual callbacks, the the lyrical callbacks, and everything to the series so far, like the entirety of the series, was just fantastic. It was a great way to send it off, especially the way you tied in the emotional story of something that I think a lot of kids experience, which is like, oh, I've known this person my entire life, we've been best friends my entire life, and now they're moving however many miles away. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a nice kind yeah. of like down home story to end on. And especially for your fans who were kind of worried that they wouldn't be Harvey girls forever. Now we know that they will be. So it was a really yeah. nice tie off. Yeah. Well, and then to wrap things up today, while we wait for potentially more news or perhaps spinoffs uh, from the Harvey girls franchise, what is up next for the <laughs> both of you that you can or would like to talk about? Um, see, I can say I'm uh, working on Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai right now for Warner Brothers, um, which has been a blast and totally different type of show than Harvey, um, <laughs> getting to do a horror and horror comedy aimed at uh, slightly older kids is a very different beast, but still been a lot of fun. And yeah, so that'll come out sometime in 2021. Very cool. And Aliki, anything And I, <laughs> I get to say almost nothing. Oh, no. like, um, I am on a, I'm, I'm co-executive producing a new show. Um, I'm here at DreamWorks. It's going to be for one of our streaming partners. And I believe something will be announced soon because um, we just were asked for some press art. So. Oh, cool. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited. Well, we will keep an eye out for that. Uh, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk with both of you. Congrats again on Harvey Girls Forever and best of luck in your projects to come.